the Navy just delivered a new plan for maritime superiority, or at least a new curriculum. That document basically overhauls the Navy's educational system to make it more collaborative with industry. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni joins me now in studio to explain what to expect from the Navy's schools in the future. And when, Scott, they say maritime superiority and schools, what's going on here? Right. Well, the Navy came out with a, a whole strategy that is basically faced uh, toward China and Russia. I mean, they they just name it right there. They say China and Russia are our competitors at this point, and we need to prepare. And this is a, probably about a 20-page document that lays out everything from personnel to uh, industry to acquisition to everything you can possibly think of on how they're going to maintain their superiority in the Navy. One of those things it has to do with what the deputy secretary of the Navy said in uh, in April, which was that they're going to overhaul the educational system. He, he made this review and, and they figured that the educational system needs a big change. So they're looking at the Naval uh, Postgraduate College. They're looking at the uh, Naval War College and um, so earlier this month, what about the Naval Academy and ROTC programs? So those are a little more, uh, a, a little not really talked about as much. They're they're going to be kind of similar to what they are now, but this is a little more focused on fo- uh, in, in industry, a little more focused on how they're going to uh, move forward with uh, developing technologies. So here here's what the the main plan is at this point. They're going to have an East Coast and a West Coast hub. And those are going to be, uh, this is going to sound real similar to DOD and and DIU and DIUX and all that stuff, right? And the Coast Guard. Right, yeah. So the East Coast Cub is going to be focused on collaborating with industry in, in concept development. And the West Coast Hub is going to be capability development. And they're going to be doing research. This is going to be research focused. This is going to be moving toward uh, working with industry and and collaborating on ideas. Even uh, uh, intellectual property will be will be an issue. And then on top of that, they're going to be creating a, a new director, a new directorate. It's a three-star general, and it's going to be the warfight... De- Admiral, you mean. Admiral, you're right. <laughs> a uh, director for warfighting development and the, the position is going to be what the chief of naval operations john richardson said will be a learning engine for the navy it's going to be responsible for coordinating and aligning the navy's education experimentation its exercise its analytic efforts everything that has to do with all that brain power that they have now in a moment we're going to hear an excerpt from jared serbu's interview with the chief of naval research does it have any tie-in to the what that group is doing? I, I'm sure that they'll work together since they have a lot of uh, research in common. They're always taking people from the you know rising stars that are going into different areas. The postgraduate college obviously has doctors that are, are doing research and working in these these uh, higher institutions. They don't have anything explicitly uh, laid out, but the whole point is to create that that buzzword synergy, right? Uh, they want to create synergy between. The research that they do, the exercises that they do, and then the schools that they have. So the exercises. So these are basically the doctrine schools where officers go for finishing and expanding their educations. Exactly right, and and or they have these you know scientists doing work. So they want to take take the you know so they have these fleet exercises now where they take some of the technology and they take experimental technology. Give put the prototypes in the hands of sailors and tell them you know fire this weapon. Tell us what you think. Then they have these these uh, doctrine schools, like you said, coming up with theory and doctrine, and then the research that they're doing in these schools. They want to put that all together in one and make it more comprehensive for technological development and for near peer competitors. 
We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mossioni, and I guess perhaps the Navy is worried that the, with the fact that China, they believe, has the capability with inexpensive types of weapons to basically sink carriers at will if they decided to do so. So with a cheap missile, they can take down an $11 billion carrier. Is that the reason they're making these changes? Well, I mean, the reason they're making these changes is because they want to, like the the strategy says, can keep their maritime superiority. And that includes basically everything, underwater underwater unmanned vehicles. It, it has to do with keeping the carriers or finding out if carriers are even part of the future. I mean, carriers are such a big investment and, you know, you can sink these things so easily possibly. You know, is it worth having that investment or is it worth getting smaller ships when you do the 355? That's what they're trying to think about. And I think that they're realizing that they need industry more than ever when it comes to actually innovating on these types of things. Just as an aside, do they ever do exercises where they fire rubber missiles and torpedoes at carriers to see if they can fend them off? <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Thump. Well, we right. missed that one. All right. And uh, when you mentioned working more closely with industry, I guess with academia and, and nonprofits, what about the intellectual property aspect of all of this? Right. So that's, that's a pretty interesting part, actually. Richard Spencer, who's the secretary of the Navy, kind of teased this earlier this month. What he said was that, uh, you know, he, he explained that the post postgraduate college is going to be more research driven, but also they want to use the Stanford model. And, and this would take some legislative authority to do, but that would have government employees working with industry. And then that intellectual property that they develop together, well, maybe the government will either take control of that or they'll give it to the private company or to the person that develops it. So uh, it, it gives a, a little bit of ownership over top, a little bit more motivation for people to actually develop something new and come up with a new invention and keep it within the government because they still have a finger in the pie and can keep some money out of it. Um, another option would, and, and this isn't the only service that's thinking about this, Bruce Jetty, the acquisition chief for the Army, has had very similar uh, ideas about this. He thinks that intellectual property needs to be reformed or just to move to a more licensing model for uh, some of these industries. All right. So you mentioned this is only about a 20-page document, which is like shreddings for the Navy right. and other large federal departments. Then what else is in that strategy? Well, believe it or not, this is a, they have a ton of stuff in there that they, like I said, it goes from IT to, to personnel. Some of the goals that they set are uh, finishing some of the important ships and things that they've been talking about, the LCS, stuff like that, in the early 2020s. And uh, they put some serious deadlines in for acquisition. They also talk about uh, personnel keeping families uh, abreast of all the changes that they'll have in, in permanent change of stations. Another thing that they're doing is just trying to give sailors more of a headway when it comes to when they might be moving or when they might be uh, changing positions, things like that. I mean, simple things that bring the workforce into the 21st century. But I guess the long-term look is if they feel they can get a 355-ship Navy, aside from the personnel issues related thereto, they're looking at technologies that may not be fully baked yet. In other words, not 100 more destroyers as we conventionally know them or 10 more carriers as we conventionally know them, but maybe things that maybe have a crew of five but are horribly lethal to the enemy because of what they're made of. Hey, no, exactly. And I mean, the Navy has looked at things like the rail gun. I mean, they've been one of the uh, first innovators in that when it came to the military. So I think that 
this this change in the educational system is moving toward that sort of idea that they need to work faster and more collaboratively to get those technologies on ships and create those new ships. There's no loss of targets, though, of where to aim that rail gun when they finally get it going, is there? <laughs> right. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 